What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hello, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. How are you today? I am doing great today. It's a Monday. We had uh, relatively light traffic on the way to the gym. Yes, Monday's my uh, normally my day off and from my main job, and I try to concentrate on my doing my uh, spin class and then whatever else I got in the. Well, the po- podcasting is very important, and also the notary thing. You know, a lot of times I've been trying to talk about different recipes and things like that for drinks. Since it's called the Keys Bartender, I throw that in every so often. But the trouble is, I'll go through it with you on posting on some sites, some postings on some sites, bartender sites. People will say, "What's uh, what's in a gimlet?" and the other and and for me, it's it's different. A gimlet. Is normally either on the rocks or straight up. It's it's a variation on a martini, but it uses lime juice, and normally roses lime juice. I don't know if it was originally. It could have been straight lime juice, citrus juice, and things like that, with a little simple syrup to make it you know take that sourness off it. But and roses lime juice has that kind of little sweetness to it. But that's all it is. I mean, that's the way it was when I was years ago, 40 years ago, when I was started, well, I didn't start bartending, 38 years ago when I started bartending. And now you post on a site and someone did one and they threw in triple sec. And like the carmudgeon, carmudgeon that I am, I posted, I said, that's a kamikaze. Which technically it was 40 years ago. Nowadays, a gimlet can have triple sack into it. But uh, the original one was different. It was at least a perception. And I understand how that happens. There's a whole bunch of drinks out there that are different. The old-fashioned. People have a million different ways to make it. You could call it classic or this. If you really want to know, you go to like an old bartending book and see how they made it. A lot of times they made things with egg whites in it and things like that. We wouldn't use nowadays because we know about salmonella and using raw eggs. And it just, it was a different time when people made drinks there. There weren't as many, it was all variations of gin, vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and there was a couple other liqueurs like Galliano, Anisette, dark cream to cocoa, one cream to cocoa, some brandies, regular brandy, and things like that. An old time bar, they didn't have a ton of different liquors 
They had variations of different liquor, uh, you know, vodka, gin, bourbon, whiskey. But you didn't see uh, originally with vodkas. Now that you can go and almost find any type of vodka that you want. Every flavor. Carrot vodka. Beet vodka. Uh, mango vodka. Caramel vodka. It's just, you think about it, if there's a niche, someone's going to try to fill it. And it's not always, they're not always like the most popular one. I guess citrus vodka, after you get regular vodka, citrus vodka is number one. And then I'd have to go and say orange vodka. And then you have a whole bunch of other ones that are kind of like in fourth and fifth place. And it's all right. It's all right to have it different. Why argue over it? Someone, but the interesting thing about it is when someone orders one of these things, let's say a, a lemon drop. A lemon drop originally was chilled vodka in a shot with a lemon that was coated in sugar. And what you would do is you would lick the sugar, drink the vodka, and then suck on the lemon. That was a lemon drop. Nowadays, you order a lemon drop. That's not in an old tap room. That made a lot of sense if, if they had lemons. Not everyone had, you know, they say, we don't use fruit. You know, well, you'd have to use oranges and cherries if you wanted to make an old-fashioned or traditional one. You know, olives and things like that. But nowadays, a lemon, lemon drop is variations of citrus vodka or fresh lemon juice, simple syrup, a little... Uh, sometimes people put a little triple sack in there too with a sugar rim on the on the glass and a little uh, vodka well vodka I went to vodka a little lemon on the side so there's all different ones but the really the thing that really gets me sometimes is when people order drinks like espresso martinis we give out a drink menu and on the drink menu It'll tell you what the ingredients are. Our particular one and what a traditional espresso martini traditional. Is there a traditional one? But because it's relatively new. It's vanilla vodka, Kahlua, and espresso. Someone may make it differently, obviously. And some people say, oh boy, this is kind of bitter or sweet. It's, I, why isn't it creamier? Well, some people put Baileys in it or a chocolate liqueur that's creamy. It's so many different variations in an espresso martini. If you're not sure, you can ask your server, how did you make your... Well, it's on, the, it's on the menu. This is how we make it. This is how we make the key lime martini. And people say, well, I like mine creamier. Just say it. Just say it. If you were saying I, the, the bar I go to, the Cosmos are made with... Orange vodka. Say it. Just tell them and say, listen, can I have a Cosmopolitan made with uh, orange vodka, Mandarin orange vodka, whatever vodka they, if they have. And you say, well, I'd like to have an orange slice on the edge instead of a lime. And maybe a splash of orange juice instead, instead of lime juice or fresh squeezed orange juice in there. That can be done. All that has to be is spoken before. You don't have to get into that thing with the bartender says, well, that's not how it's made. 
Well, that's not how it's made there. It's easy to say, listen, I understand you have a way of making it. Can you make it this way? I, I prefer the, the taste. Easy, easy. Just do it. Well, yesterday, we were closed at the restaurant for a funeral. One of our regulars, several months ago, two months ago to be exact, I think right before Thanksgiving, by the name of Bob. He was a local celebrity here, I have to say. He was a fishing captain for years, and he was retired. And he used to stop in the bar all the time that I worked at. And Bob always told stories about, he would love telling stories about growing up in North Carolina, about his time when he worked for Club Med, um, about his parents, his sisters, about his niece and nephews. He get went in depth. And he talked about growing up in North Carolina. And he would always pop up with trivia. And if he asked me, do you know where that is? I said, I imagine it's someplace in North Carolina because every question floated around North Carolina. But it would be like, well, is it a university in North Carolina? Whatever the question was, what, is it a town in North Carolina? It's, you know, you know, is it Winston-Salem? He grew up in Winston-Salem, I think, if that's, yeah, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And his parents, he came from a very accomplished family. Both of his parents were physicians. And Bob was 68, so his parents were, you know, this, this, the, the mom got a degree and became a doctor at a time where very few women were phys- physicians, especially in the South. And Bob was a child of the old South. I mean, he had housekeepers and things like that. Now, when you hear that, an older white guy passing away and he starts telling his stories and things like that, you think you might hear some things that are less than inclusive. Well, Bob was very progressive. He was political firebrand, very progressive guy, not a um, not conservative, very uh, you know keen on civil rights and things like that. And you see that on the well-educated the really well-educated South, that it wasn't always, when you think about the South in the, in the 50s and the 60s, not everyone there was reticent to uh, allow, give rights to our African-American citizens. Bob was very progressive. And he'd talk about that. But he talked so much and he would repeat his stories and things like that. He always talk about uh, news. He would stir up, stir the pot sometimes coming in. But he knew, he knew a lot of the clientele were on the other side. I was more, he was preaching to the choir when he was talking to me. I said, Bob, you know when you're talking to me, you're preaching to the converted. And you're really not going to convert anybody who has those different views, right? So but Bob didn't care. He would read that and he took great uh, glee in the last election. And uh, he, he would kind of poke at the people and it, some pe- sometimes it got kind of tense. But that was Bob. So he passed away a couple months ago and finally yesterday we had a memorial service for him. 
And I don't know your experience with memorial services or wakes. I have a traditional thing when I go to a wake in Philadelphia. It was like, my condolences on your loss. My condolences on your loss. And maybe if you have a moment, depending on because how wakes work, you go through the receiving line of family. That's the way it happens in my tradition in, in Philadelphia among the Roman Catholics. You'd have a wake uh, a day or two before the funeral, depending on how how many people they think that were going to come, right? And you just go through the line, you have the whole family, and you only have a moment to say something to them. And they're really, you know, because there's so many people, you really don't want to say too much, but you, I didn't really know what to say, and it was always that. And rarely did I have the opportunity, unless it was someone close, super close, like in my family or a friend, that I got to time to share with about it. And a lot of times at these wakes and memorial services, it was more about sharing with the other people you're connecting with and hearing about how their lives are and you talk about yours and you rarely talk about that person. But in this case, I had the opportunity to talk to family members that I'd never met before. And I was able to share with them the stories that he told me about growing up. I didn't tell them the stories. They knew the stories already. But I told them how proud he was of his family, about their accomplishments, about how happy he was growing up as a child, how much he loved his sisters and his parents, and how proud he was of his uh, niece and nephews. And one time he did bring a nephew in with this nephew's son. And you could see that he really took glee in association with these people. And I was able to share that one. It's rarely do you have that opportunity. And it also, we the memorial, we're in Key Largo, and it's not unusual, it was outside on his front lawn of his house, the memorial service. And they had uh, a table of refreshments and food. Oh, I mean, liquid refreshments and food. And we're standing near the food. And I'm talking to the family members and things like that. And we're at one point the conversation went to his uh, how how much he liked the trees that he had around, and he had one called a frangy pangy. And I had a story to share with them during the uh, the shutdown, and when the keys were. Uh, totally, when we had our little blockade up front where they would stop anybody but locals and business people from, you know, people that had legitimate business from coming into the Keys. And that was for uh, maybe two, three months. And during that time, my the wife and I, because the gym was closed, we, we started riding our bikes around and things like that and trying to work out at home. I didn't work out much. My God. How I've realized, and I don't, I don't want to diverge from my topic of Bob, but it was amazing how quickly you can get out of shape at that age. Well, we were riding our bikes. And we were riding our bike down Bob's street. And Bob was out front kind of working on his lawn. And we stopped and said hello. And Bob always... Uh, 
thought my wife and her and my wife's sister who lives down here also they thought they were very attractive and he always talk about that and he always asked us what are you doing with jim blah 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 blah, and stuff like that but bob was very charming he loved the ladies he certainly loved uh attractive ladies and bob loved to try to he would always introduce the fact that he spoke french fluently and he was very good he did speak french fluently a part of it was that he worked at club med when he was younger and he was married to, at one time, he was married to a French flight attendant. Michelle, I think her name was. Yes, Michelle. And uh, we were riding by, saw Bob outside. We stopped and he was talking and all of a sudden. And the wife said, boy, can we get a clipping of one of those trees? And he would say, oh, sure. So I was able to share with them the connection that we have with Bob. Because I can look outside my window right now and I'm looking at it the variety of this frangy pangy and it's growing outside my window there's two two of the progeny from the tree i guess that's what you would call it because it's from the original tree so the first tree is the parent tree and the one that we have is the and that and that is something i said oh we do have a reminder of bob to look at and i told him i said yeah the beautiful trees and we we're looking at a frangy pangy actually if you don't care for it a lot it's more bush-like. It's low squat, and the and the uh, branches go out right away from the bottom. But Bob spent a lot of time pruning, so his came more tree-like. And these trees, several times a year, they bloom, and they have these beautiful orchid-like blooms. And then whenever they come up, now we just can think about Bob. We also have, uh, there's also plants. We have a plant that we have put a little bit of the cremated remains of another loved one in the family here so we can see that plant thrive. And that is a big outside plant that we have. It's a potted plant. We want to make sure we have it so we can move move with it if we had to. We don't want to have it just in the ground and leave it there. But I really, it was one of the few times when I left a wake or a memorial service where I felt much lighter afterwards than I did before. Normally it felt like okay, especially memorial service because of some time in between. It's not immediate. And I understand that. Lots of times before I've been to previous memorial services that I wonder why... Do they wait that time? And I think they wait that time because it definitely becomes a celebration of life. Because the grieving has been done. I mean, there's always never, you know, for depending on how close you are, you're never really done grieving or experiencing loss. But the more time you have in between, you start thinking about how much you really were impacted and how much you uh, really enjoyed that person. And... I know, I know, I'm talking about memorial service, but it was, it was, it was a, it was the high point of the day. And it was a pretty good day yesterday. I think that's saying a lot. Okay, on a much lighter note, but I think that was a lighter note too, you know, happy memorial service, right? Uh, My, my daughter was hanging out with friends yesterday. 
and she we she's 15 years old and she's had uh, a, actually young men who were friends over before but she re- really never pointed out to anybody like a boyfriend yet and I told her I said that's good not that you don't have a boyfriend because I haven't had that um, and she goes I haven't had that knock and intro the meet and greet and she goes what do you mean oh you know the meet and greet when you when you you, you know, I, I don't know if I told you this, but if you start dating someone, this is all I ask is that they're good good guys. They treat you well. They treat, that was my main thing. I want them to be good guys and they treat you well and be polite. That's it. They can be wacky, this, that. They would just be, be kind to you. And if they're kind to you, Generally, the kind to of other people. I don't want to, you know, I'm a smart ass, but I'm kind. I think I'm kind. I'm pretty sure I'm kind. I know it's speaking too long about that. But I told her, I said, this is how it's going to go. You're, it's not going to be beep, beep, and then you go out the door. If that's the date, I want to hear this. And then that's what I want to hear. If they come, if they come by, if you're not meeting them at the door, okay, and then I want to say, "Hi, my name is," insert your name. Well, you know, Bradley, Whitney, Eli. I'm trying to think of those current names: Brandon, Billingsley. Some crazy the names. Everyone gives a every so often. Yeah, people is named like a billionaire's child. And you say, "Well, what's your dad do for a living?" And he goes, "Oh, he's a fisherman." Oh, Bill. Oh, really, Billingsley? That's your that's your name. He says, "Okay, no, but I I don't want to hear that." And a handshake, a nice handshake. Hi, I'm so. And so, I think there was a reluctance. I said, "Listen." You can either bring them here and, uh, inter- you know, you know when you start dating and have them introduce them or I can come and meet them. And she goes, what do you mean? Oh, I can come to the school or I can go to their house. And she goes, what? I say, yeah, I can come to the school, wait outside the school, look for you, then find them. And, you know, I just want to meet them. I want to get the intro. They need to say hi. They need to say hello. That's it. I'm not going to interrogate them or anything like that. What are your intentions with my daughter and stuff like that? Because they can tell you anything. I just want that first meet and say, hi, how are you? And the opportunity. It's no interrogation. Everyone says, oh, you better watch out. And I go, no, I just want to meet. I just want to meet them. And for some reason, I think... There was some trepidation or fear among the potential suitors. You know, there shouldn't be because there's much rougher men out there than I am. Much rougher. I don't know if I have a reputation. You know, say a guy's a fitness instructor and a bartender. I don't know what impression that gives. Because if you listen to the podcast... 
you can tell I'm a general, generally jovial, friendly person. I'm pretty, but I, I guess the impression when there's only one, you have one child, you might be a little more gung-ho. So yesterday she was out with two of her friends and I said, well, uh, two of her friends, uh, one other girl and two guys. And I heard about these guys before. My wife has met them, but I haven't had the opportunity to meet them. And she said, can we stop by and hang out at the house? And I said, I, she didn't speak to me. She spoke to the wife and she said, is, she asked, is, is dad there? She goes, of course, he's off. She thought maybe I'd still be at the memorial service. And they wanted to stop by and they were going to do something wholesome like make cookies. And I thought, oh, that would have been cute, you know. Yeah, sure, you can make cookies. Um, And she says, uh, Abby says, yes, he's home. And and then I said, oh, I heard this. And I said to Abby, I said, tell tell Skye. And this is where the humor, I thought humor was playing. Tell him I'm eager to meet the two young men. And she interpreted it her way. Me said, Dad's excited about meeting two guys. <laughs> and she goes, oh, brother. That was my thing. Oh, brother. I didn't know what she thought I would be doing when they were coming in. We were, we were getting ready to watch the premiere of two shows we like on HBO. Euphoria and The Fabulous Gemstones. You know my affinity for HBO shows. I just love those things, man. It's just, I guess it's a production value. and Most of the time, they're good. Sometimes they're shit. But, I mean, I, most of the time, they really put a lot of... They, they understand their audience. So, I'm sitting there and I said, what would be an interesting way to introduce myself? And I said, well, I do have some pocket knives, you know some flip knives that need sharpening. Maybe I could um, sit and watch my show and get the the whetstone out and start sharpening the knives. And that might be funny. And I said, oh, that's not funny. Or, you know, tell them, show them a collection of my, my, um, my weapons to the guys and say, hey, guys, you want to see some of the knives? And, and, uh, I wouldn't show them the firearm. A firearm would be very aggressive. That would be very aggressive. And I think the knives are very aggressive. Or I'm going to say, hey, would you like to sit and watch... Uh, what movies was I thinking about? Would you like to watch uh, Taken? And I think that would be like... That would send a message. So say, yeah, that guy's really committed to his only daughter too. Like he'll do anything. See all the people he kills in order to get them back. Well, you know, there's all sorts of levels of that that stuff. And I and I guess I have an affinity because I think we're Liam Neeson and I are around the same size. He's a little older than I am. But uh I thought, well yeah, I really admire that guy's gung ho ness and you know, that would be something sitting there. Oh, I, I I've never done that one before. When this, or I could have shown the end of, we could have watched a little part of Lethal Weapon, 
where Murtaugh has to go, the first lethal weapon when his daughter gets kidnapped. I said, oh, well, these guys didn't treat. These guys aren't treating his daughter right either. But he gets real pissed off and stands up trying to kill them all. And then, or Commando, where Arnold Schwarzenegger kills an army of guys. I think his daughter gets kidnapped and things like that. Oh, True Lies. True Lies is something like that where his daughter gets kidnapped and he goes after her at the end. But I didn't do any of those things. I sat on the couch and when they came in, the gentleman, two young gentlemen walked in and I was pleasantly surprised. They were really polite gentlemen. Hey, listen, I know behavior is different when you're out. You don't have to be. But they looked, they were very nice well-groomed, not too nerdy, not too cool, right in that sweet spot right there. You know? I won't say their names because I won't want to embarrass them. I don't know if any of these local kids who listen to this show. You shouldn't be listening to the show. I do put Mature on there. So, um, But then again, they watch whatever they want. So hearing a fuck this, fuck that shit. I mean, I don't mean it as a verb. I mean it as an adjective or a modifier. Uh I, I was really pleasantly surprised and all I had to do was say, okay, you're so-and-so and you're so-and-so. Well, nice to have met both of you. That was it. I told Sky exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to say hello. I didn't leave any, I didn't make any veiled threats. I didn't pull out, I didn't sharpen the knives. I didn't say any of those things. I didn't mention, like, I didn't say to him, say, listen, if anybody ever hurts my daughter, not only will I get you, I will go to your house. And, I'll, you know, I will, I will discipline you, your, you and your father. I didn't say any of that stuff. But I would expect the same thing if I had a child and they thought, oh, well, if you enabled your child to be a, a, a jerk off, and you protected them from doing that. And they were doing harm. And they were kept on feeling that they could do that under the protection of that. I said, do not. I would I would certainly, I, maybe I'm saying too much right now. I certainly believe there is no boundaries that would could not be crossed. And I'm talking boundaries to recross to address a perceived injustice. But that's all this needs. And I believe most parents are that way. It's not herbs, but some of them are not committed enough to act, I think. Some of them are more committed to act. And some people seem like they may be more committed to do the action. They're saying, this guy, I get the impression that this guy doesn't sit back when he has it. And I, that's the impression I want to give to people. It's always that in, in impression. I don't, want the, I don't want the impression that people say he's not a nice guy, he's not friendly, he's not accepting and all that stuff. And I know legitimately sometimes guys go out with girls and they break the girl's heart. And it's not necessarily anything they do other than not, you know, not be into them anymore. That's legitimate. That's no reason to get angry over all I'm, all I thought in my head is to say, I just want you to meet me to see my face, because I think sometimes 
you don't appreciate that there's people that care about someone. I think it's important. And that's why I think it's a shame. That's why I think it's important for parents to be around. So you can see people that are willing to be uh, proponents for the safety and well-being of their children. And and in some cases, depending on the situation, that could be a very aggressive proponent of your child's safety. And as long as they're not doing wrong and the you know there should be no difficulties in that. There should never be a you should you don't have to worry about anything. Really, I don't have to tell anything. There's always the hint of that. Isn't there? There is always the hint that life will not be so nice for you if you do something tremendously wrong outside the boundaries of polite society. And I'm not one to sit back and watch that happen. As I expect you not to, you know, if some, someone did something to, to someone you care about. So I, didn't, I don't have to have those conversations because I have those conversations with you. And if they listen, fine. If they don't listen, they think they're cool and all that stuff, that's fine too. That's fine too. Some people... Some people live their life doing what they do and feel free to do the things they do until they run up against someone that's not willing to accept what they do. And that's the only impression I want, I want to give someone is say, listen, you're, you try to live a good life and you... You, I mean, every time people get in an argument, that's not the same. I'm not talking about being in an argument. I'm not talking about breaking up with someone. I'm talking about really hurting someone, doing something wrong. I think it calls mens re or tort. Tort law. It's a wrongful act. A wrongful act. And a wrongful act is not just falling out of love with someone and falling in love with someone else or dating someone. Something. That's not a wrongful act. That's just life. I mentioned to my daughter and said, listen, very rarely, very rarely, it's not impossible, but very rarely is the person you meet in high school the person that you love when you're 30 or 40. And I've done that. I said, listen, I was in my 30s. And when I got in my 40s, I wasn't. It was not the same person. So... Just be prepared for that. Think about it. Keep it in the back of your mind. I know it's almost impossible because you have no perspective. But, you know, the person that you like today will not be the person that you like next year or the year after or when you go to college or when you leave college. It's amazing. It's an intense feeling and stuff like that. And I just want to impart that. I don't mean to sound like a brutal dad. And I know... Sometimes the guys can be the victims too. The guys can do it, and I do say this guy: you know, you got to be easy on, you got to be easy on the people that care about you. Sometimes you got to be really careful. Some people are sensitive; you got to watch out. You don't want to hurt a sensitive person. You really don't, because they feel it particularly harsh. 
and I expect you to be polite and nice. Okay. That's pretty much it. That's a kind of a sad, that's more of a downer. Me talking about running into these potential suitors. And I don't know if they're potential suitors. I may get in trouble for saying that. I may get in trouble for my daughter and she'll say, why do you talk about this? Well, I didn't mention the guys. And the only reason they say it is because you tell everyone that happened. Maybe you shouldn't mention that part. You say, listen, you know if something happens. You know if it's a big event, like a prom. I'm going to talk about the prom. Or mention your first dinner date. I'm not going to necessarily say who it is. But... Hey, listen, I wouldn't do that to someone unless I have to do it to someone. But we'll leave that for later. Who knows what happens, what the future will bring. I'd like to thank you for listening. This is the first show. I think I may have done six shows last week. I'm not exactly sure. No, we did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think I may have done one every day. I'd like to thank you for listening. We're still on track for a million downloads this year. I'm not saying we're on track because if we're on track, there would be, that would be approximately, so 3,000, a little under 3,000 downloads a day. And uh, that would be great. That would be great, but I don't know if yeah. See, I don't know what stream what people stream and what they download. I think we only track downloads right right now. So I just picked the number a million. And I'm still on I'm still focusing on a million. I have I'm visualizing what a million downloads would like and what the show would be like if we get it would change everything. It would change anything. I would have a, a producer. I would have first. I would get a producer, someone hands the sign, and they would be. I guess they would be the co-host too. And then we'd bring, maybe bring other people in. I don't know. That would change the nature of it. Maybe just the producer, and then we do guests, and maybe do split it up. Who knows. But uh, thank you for listening. I don't want to drag this on too long. I'm going to sign off. Have a great day. Bye. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast Still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Listen, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. 